You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You're goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner, the GGR Pirate Radio flagship podcast. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am a host on this podcast, but I am also the editor-in-chief of our website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Check it out. There are lots of great podcasts. There's lots of great articles, lots of fun things for you to enjoy. In fact, it is November, which we created a thing a while back called Nostalgia November. You guys can check out some of the articles that we've done. We've done some podcasts in the past that you guys can see. So it's technically a nostalgic podcast because you it's an older one. So you have to go back to listen to... If I have to explain this, this is not going to work. Um, <laughs> anywho, we're going to be talking about something that's technically nostalgic but technically not. And what I mean by that is we're going to be talking about Dune, the latest incarnation of the classic sci-fi book uh now done by is it it's denis correct denis villanueva yeah uh, yeah denis villanueva villanueva oh okay villanueva. denis villanueva yeah, uh, he uh, he Quebecois, uh, i believe uh, either way i mean like <laughs> i just wanted to make sure i didn't butcher his name like an asshole fancy um, frenchman. yes fancy frenchman with a fancy frenchman name um and it was a fancy movie too so we're gonna be talking about that uh because all three of us have seen it so Who's the three I speak of? Well, let me introduce them. I've got the man, the myth, the legend, a wonderfully talented musical artist in his own right. You can check out his stuff on Bandcamp. He's also on Spotify too. So I recommend you just like put him on a playlist on Spotify on constant repeat and just have it on a device and just let it play continually because then he'll make about 15 cents. Uh, his name is MC Brooks. <laughs> Evil GGR be like, please be a juice bag. <laughs> evil ggr be like we can't do shit together fuck all y'all <laughs> i'm worried about me <laughs> i got mine fuck you <laughs> 
We just need to make like an evil Ripley now. Like put some angry eyebrows on him. Like, <laughs> We've also got uh, a very talented visual artist, but also blessed with the gift of gab. Uh, in fact, not just any gab. This man is very knowledgeable when it comes to all things geeky and nerdy. In fact, so much so that we have dubbed him the professor. His name is James Rambo. I've been to the movies twice in the last two days. That's awesome. Like, especially knowing how much you yeah. enjoy going to the movies. So. Yeah, I also have two fucking AMC drink cups in my, in the front seat of my car. <laughs> like like one does, yes. Yeah. Just fucking garbage. Uh <laughs> So let's talk about uh, some of the one, well, one of those movies, because uh, only one of us has seen the second movie, and that's The Eternals. Um, we will circle back on that one next week, and we'll talk about The Eternals, because I'll make some time to go see that. Um, and uh, MC, you actually have an appointment, or an appointment. <laughs> you are scheduled <laughs> I mean, to go see this yeah, today. It's technically an appointment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In about three and a half hours, I will be in my seat uh, watching this movie. There you go. Um, but let's talk about the first one. We're going to talk about Dune. Um, I want to start off with so so many people. It's so interesting. Like so many people are already shitting on this movie for some really dumb reasons. They're like, well, oh, it's just another remake. It's not a remake. It's a retelling. And and like that's my big thing with this is like you're not remaking the movie. Because it's not like I'm going to do what David Lynch did and just read. No, he's literally taking the book. Mr. Villeneuve is taking the book and he's like, I'm going to do my interpretation of this. Those are vastly different things. And Rambo, I actually think you said it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Like when comparing this, when talking about this movie, people have a really, really bad habit of automatically shitting on the old versions of it before they talk about it. Oh, it's so much better than that, that David Lynch piece of shit. Like you can just talk about the movie, bro. You don't have to bring up the other shit. It's fine. But like, that's my biggest gripe right now is that that's what people are doing. Um, at any rate, though, I, I want to talk about what you guys thought about the movie and we'll kind of go round table here. Um, yeah. Just a quick hit and then we'll kind of go into more details. I fucking loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I could see where people who are newer to the Dune, the, the idea or the story, there were probably some bits that might have been a little bit confusing especially when when Paul does any of his like premonition stuff where he sees like the future or the potential future. I could see where that might be confusing. But overall, I don't think it takes all you have to do is just pay a little bit of attention and it makes sense is, is kind of my take on this. Um, God damn, this movie was beautiful. It was just like it was beautifully shot. It was the, the locales looked I mean, I don't even know. I'm assuming that they shot on on location. But if not, and a lot of this was CGI, it was fucking flawless for the most part. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed the shit out of this. So much so that, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, I'm still not super comfortable going to movie theaters because it's like, even before pandemic, it's not like the motherfuckers were clean. Um, <laughs> so post-pandemic, it's kind of like, I don't know. Um, I would go see this in the theaters though. And that says a lot. From at least from my perspective, um, I'm definitely gonna go see the second one. Like fuck all that bullshit, I will go. If I have to go in a hazmat suit, I'll do it. But like this movie is probably a, a fucking masterpiece to watch on the big screen. Um, 
I had zero flaws with it. And then I don't know if this is going to be here's why you're wrong, Mike, episode. But um, ultimately, if it is, that's cool because I am completely content with this. In fact, I might watch it again on HBO Max. I enjoyed it that much. So let me pass the ball here. Um, Rambo, you're familiar with the Dune franchise for the most part, right? Um, I had seen the the part like parts of the miniseries from sci-fi years back and I, yeah. I saw the Lynch movie. Like I knew that basically like in in so much as like Terminator and a bunch of other sci-fi stuff had ripped off had been ripped off for the Matrix, um, that Dune was one of the things that was heavily ripped off for like Star Wars and, and other sci-fi like that. So like I knew broad strokes uh, about it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, what, give me your thoughts on this. And the reason why I'm doing it in this order is MC, this is like new to you. Like you had never read the books. You'd never seen any of the previous yep. incarnations. Correct? I am completely green. I know nothing about this. Okay. So the intent here is, is I want to see like both sides of, of the spectrum with this where like, Hey, here's somebody who has seen some of the other versions of it. Um, and, and like their take and then vice versa, somebody who's never seen it before. Um, I was I went into it a little, a little trepidatious, um, mostly because of my own prejudices <laughs> that I didn't really think about uh, until I was talking to a buddy of mine after the fact. Um, I was like, this is going to be a long, boring, art house sci-fi movie. And it, like, in retrospect, like, for, I, I, I feel like my brain transposed numbers. And I thought it was like three hours and 20 minutes as opposed to two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this. And there, there, there were a handful of factors that made me think that I was like, this is going to be boring. It was French director. It was um, highbrow, like, quote unquote, serious sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and... Um, I just, I, I had this, I, I expected a lot of long lingering shots of Timothy Chalamet looking at sand <laughs> and <laughs> nothing else happening. Um, and in retrospect, like I've seen a couple of Illinois movies. They're not boring movies by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen, I've seen Prisoners, I've seen Sicario, I've seen uh, Arrival, and they're not movies that, like, you know, where nothing's happening. Um, with Prisoners, you could argue that too much is happening. Um, that movie has, like, four endings. Um, but it's like, they're, it's, they're, they're, there's good tension there, and there's, there's uh, uh, exciting action pieces and things. And, yeah, Doom is, it's gorgeous, first and foremost. Um, one of the things that I thought I, you know, you know, no, I'm, I'm getting into the weeds there. I thought it was really pretty. I thought it was very impressively acted. I was really impressed, uh, in particular with Jason Momoa, because he is a guy who tends to give kind of flat performances sometimes. Um, and I think sometimes people will have him in things and just expect him to like go do his Jason Momoa thing and think that that's going to be enough. And I don't think it is. Um, but I thought he was really good in this. I thought all the performance across the board were impressive. Um, all of the, the, the production design was fucking cool. And um, yeah, there was a lot of really slick, really uh, exciting action sequences in this as well. Um, 
which I was not expecting. Uh, and again, in retrospect, having seen the old movie and knowing what I know of uh, Denis Villeneuve, I should have known better. Uh, that is a hundred percent on me, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was very thoroughly impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, MC, what'd you think of this man coming, coming in new to, uh, to the series, to the franchise? Okay. okay. Yeah. So, um, coming into it, I knew, I knew next to nothing about this franchise. Um, I, the only things I really knew was that it was based on a book from, I think 1965. Um, so I knew like, uh, I knew that much, and I also knew that like um, fans of it were divided because like I, I'm in a like a nerd meetup, and we have virtual happy hours every month. And like Dune, even before this movie had come out, Dune they come up multiple times um, because <clears throat> a few a few of my friends in there are big fans are big fans of it, and they were like highly skeptical of of another attempt at an adaptation because they were just unsure of like if if they could pull it off just because i, I guess of the de- because of the detail that that's in the book itself so that's really like kind of all i all i knew and i even asked i even asked one of them uh before going to see this like hey like do you think this is worth seeing as someone who knows literally nothing about this franchise like can i watch this and get enjoyment out of it and their recommendation for me was to, like, maybe look up some stuff on the wiki, but for the most part, you can just watch it and enjoy it, right? So um, I didn't really know what to expect when I turned it on last night, um, but the, the short version I can say is, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I know for me, I need to, I will need to watch it again just to, like, fully grasp, because I know there, there's stuff in the film that I know that I probably missed uh, while I was watching it last night. And there, for me, like it usually takes me watching something two or three times before like the entirety of it like really takes. Um, but I, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I did think that the cinematography and the use of shadows in this film were just amazing. <laughs> uh, all of the acting performances, I I pretty much liked. Um, I thought the, the the casting choices for the characters were were were, were dope. Uh, but I, I do have one one issue with with that. Um, but overall, like I, I, I liked it, and I you know, I'm probably going to watch this again at some point over the next couple of days. And when the uh, like when the sequel comes out in two years, like I'll, I'll go, like I'll go see it. You know, Rambo's been to the movies twice in two days. I've, this will be my third time in the last week <laughs> of Damn. going to the movies because I have also missed uh, missed going to the movies. Um, at my game, but up. yeah, like I, I would, no, I, I would absolutely, I mean, I, I can only imagine like, cause I, I have a big screen TV here and I was captivated while watching it. So I can only imagine, you know, getting the full theater, the full theater experience and being able to really watch and, and take everything in, you know, with the surround sound and, and everything. Um, but yeah, like I, overall, like I, I liked it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, like I'm probably gonna spend some time today, um, reading, uh, like just looking up stuff about like the backstory about the the, uh, the different houses and and the, and some of the other uh, characters that were that were in this. But yeah, I'm 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 interested. Like it, it it definitely grabbed me enough for me to want to see more of of uh, of this story, 
and also get some more information about like you know what happened you know in the events leading up to this movie and and whatnot i am um, i mean that's all I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed it honestly like as somebody who is new to it that that's super exciting um that other people are who don't have like the foreknowledge that i do are enjoying this as well um let me yeah. ask you that you said one of the issues that you were having was like one of the casting choices which one did you have an issue with well, it wasn't it wasn't specifically with any of the it, it wasn't specifically with the um, with anyone in particular. It was more of like this movie fell into an unfortunate trap that I kind of expect whenever I watch, you know, kind of any any of these things, which are when black people show up, we're probably not going to be around for very long. Oh, <laughs> And like it, it wasn't lost on me that like the two visibly black characters were both dead by the end of this movie. And like it, it didn't bug me enough that I was like, well, fuck this. I'm never going to watch this movie ever again. But I, I did. I did. It was something I, I just I just took inventory of, you know, while, you know, once I got to the end of it, like, oh, well, unfortunately, that happened. But you know, like I said, like aside from that, I did enjoy. I, I didn't. I did enjoy the film overall, and I'm looking forward to to watching it again and really like digging, just kind of digging more into it. Because I will say, I like I was watching a lot of the reaction to this when this first came out, and I saw kind of like a split between people I know who were familiar with Dune, who had, you know, read the books or seen one of the previous iterations of either the miniseries or the movie, like, they liked it. They were like, yeah, this movie's flawed, but it's also, like, the best version yeah. of, like, the, the material. Like, this is it's the best attempt we've gotten to this point, and they've all really liked it. And people who I know who weren't familiar with it and kind of went to see it because they were really captivated by the trailer and whatnot, like they, their reviews were a bit more, a bit more mixed, and were a bit more like, uh, I don't really know. And I, I, I did think that was kind of like an interesting dynamic because it, it did make me wonder how much I was going to like it. Again, like not being really, not being familiar with with any of these characters or any of these terms, and with seeing them say things, seeing like seeing them say things on like on screen. And I don't know what they're talking about, but someone who's familiar with it would, would know, like, oh, they're talking about, uh, you know, uh, that's a reference to like uh, uh, him being a, the Messiah, yeah. or uh, this uh, this legendary dagger, or, or, or something. Like, there there was a lot of terms that, like that were lost on me because I didn't know what exactly they were talking about, and so I could see how other people who were also unfamiliar how that could like take them out of it because they're just referencing something like you're supposed to know what it is. And if you don't know what it is, it can be confusing. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, yeah. And that honestly, I think that it might work to your benefit, though, is like since you were unfamiliar with it, like. It honestly, it's a, it's a testament to the direction in the script of this movie that you were still able to understand exactly what was going on. Yeah. And I, yeah, because I was just tr I was trusting that like with most things like I, I'm not someone who. When something is mentioned and it's not explained or I don't understand it, I'm just like, well, what the fuck? Like, I at least want to give it the like the opportunity to like at least explain something or like 
or, or, or you know, um, give me an understanding yeah. so that even if I don't have it in the moment, if they at least tell me at some point what this thing is or what they're referencing or what they're talking about, I can at least be like, oh, okay, got it. Yeah. So and so that for so for me, like even though there were a couple parts that I did, I did uh, when I did rewind uh, just because I wanted to like I was unsure if, if they were referencing something that had happened previously or if it was like a future sequence. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of the stuff that they, they did, like, like you mentioned this before, like, you know, if you pay attention, a lot of the stuff that they did mention, even if it wasn't explained in the moment, they eventually kind of circled around at, at parts and like you knew what they were talking about or they explained what it was that they were referencing or what they were talking about. So I don't, I don't think it was it was so much that, that like I don't think you can. Like, I can see how people would get confused, but I like I think they're also more like myself. People who are like myself who, like, if you just really focus in on what's happening, even if you don't really like have the full backstory, you can get like the gist of what they're of what they're doing. Because like I, I figured it, I figured it out like about thirty to forty minutes in. Like oh, okay, this is what this is what's happening. It's it's, it's like kind of it's. It reminded me a little bit of like Game of Thrones in a sense, even though like, yeah. I haven't seen that. Game of Thrones in but, space, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I kind of got like, oh, the House of Atreides. That 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 that's the mm -hmm. that's what they're called. Yeah. So yeah, like I got okay. Yeah, the House of Atreides is is you know they're taking over this this planet that has this that, that has this uh, this spice and like all of these people are planning a coup basically, you know, to, to 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 kill them off, and they were ultimately set up by the emperor. Like, I got it. <laughs> I played I played some JRPGs in in recent months <laughs> with similar with similar stories. So I was like, okay, boom, I got it. I, I I get what they're doing here. And once I once I like got the, like that basic the, like the base of it, I was like, okay, cool. Now I can I can really pay attention and focus. Like I said, I ended up really liking it. I'm glad. I'm I'm really glad you did. Um, I wanted to point something out here real quick. I don't want this to sound like I'm trying to take away any of your, your feelings about black representation. Um, but I want to explain something real quick. So the role of Liet Kynes, that's the, the black doctor who uh, was working for the emperor. Originally, that was a white dude. In the book and in the movies. This is the first time that they've gender swapped and changed her color. So... Does that change this for you at all to know that they specifically put one, a woman in this movie, but two, made sure that it was a woman of color? Does that change your feelings about it at all? Well, not really, because it's okay. like she's still dead. I mean, she just she died. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, damn, like, yeah, you know, because like it's the it, like it's a thing that that like it's a conversation that comes up in a lot of my nerd groups and especially at a lot of the conventions that I've been to, which is like. It, it is hard sometimes for a lot of uh, non-white people to like get into sci-fi because when you do these like futuristic, you know, far off into the future type of things, we're, we're one we're lucky if our care if if people who look like us even exist <laughs> in this in this future, but two we're also lucky if the characters that we get even like last and sur and survive. And, you know, like I, I was like, I, I think I, I thought it was cool. I did think it was good. Like, oh, wow, we have two like two dark skin, like two like un, like unambiguously black people in this like future setting. And like this is cool. This is cool to see because like you don't 
you know, we don't really get a lot of that uh, in terms of like the the major uh, like the major franchises that you know that get these movies. Yeah. So like it was like it, it was cool that they were included, but it, like it just it for me like it did it soured it for a bit. Like it's cool that they are that they you know decided to to do that with with uh, the, with that character, but it also begs the question like why why not Lady Jess? But like, why? Why wasn't Lady? Je- why couldn't Lady Jess have been black, or or a person of color, or why did couldn't Paul or you know any of the other characters? Character yeah, who, like characters. Yeah, yeah, characters who I know are gonna last beyond this film. Like I know Zendaya, Zendaya is probably gonna have a, a bigger role in the sequel, because um, she really wasn't in this one uh, for for very much. But you know, like it would just be nice to see. You know, like more of these characters and, and have them like just last beyond, you know, just just a film, just a film appearance. Like I say, like, I, I, like I don't, I'm not trying to like like denigrate the movie at all. Because like I say I still enjoyed it. I still liked it. You know, and I, I like it enough to like I know for a fact I'm going to watch this again at some point over the next couple of days. And I'll probably I'll probably well not probably I will go see the sequel uh, when it, when it comes out in two years. It's just you know. It's, it's just something I, I have to be, you know, cognizant of whenever watching this stuff because I, I, you know, like I don't get to see people who look like me and like and see them like last long in these films, generally speaking. Yeah, no, I 100% get it. I was just I was just curious, like for like knowing what I knew when I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. They're making Liette. Uh, oh, cool. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. I just thought it was it was nice. And she was, was cool awesome in this film yeah. too. And yeah. then, like, even though it, it made me sad, it made me sad to see her character kill. Like, I was along for the ride. The like the entire the entire time. Like, I I really enjoyed uh, her her character all all throughout. Like, she was uh, wonderful in this film. Yeah. Um. So Rambo, any any more thoughts about what? You saw with um, um, my brain just stopped working for a second. <laughs> and what you like? Any any additional thoughts that you had on um, on Dune? Um, yeah, I <clears throat> I think well, so so you know, while still a uh, hot topic, I think what MC says is absolutely um, an absolutely valid critique. Yeah. Um, I, it rem, it does remind me of um, recently the the new Halloween movie. There was a fairly large backlash, um, or at least a vocal backlash, about the fact that there is a gay couple uh, um, who are killed in the movie. <laughs> and, and we talked about this last week, yeah. And when and it becomes that thing of like, okay, so. It, it, it speaks to the complexity of racism and representation and uh, gender and, and sexual orientation, representation, like all of those things. Yeah. It's generally representation overall is, okay, they're in the movie. Well, is that enough? Okay, well, now they're, they're not just background characters, they're like proper characters in the movie. Okay, is that enough? Like, and it, it becomes a matter of like, you have to be very conscious because with with the choices you make because 
if you're not doing that, you can st you, even when you're doing like the 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 like technically technically right representative representative thing, you can still fall into um, all these very common traps. Like it hadn't occurred to me until just now that I mean we're we're past the point of spoilers on this, yes? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, everyone in House of Trades that is not a white person is dead. Huh. Yep. The two people from House of Trades that survive are Jessica and Paul, and they are both white. Yeah. Now, you can make the argument that the character of Paul, because Leto is his father and he is obviously not a white guy, um, Paul, Paul's character is technically of mixed race, whereas Timothy Chalamet, the actor who plays him, is a white man. Um, but even down to, like, down to Duncan. Duncan was the last one there, and he's he was the last person of color, and he died protecting the two of them. Yeah. And so, like, that, it's not something that, that really occurred to me. Um, but yeah, that was that, that was the big backlash with with Halloween Kills is like, yeah. well, you have these you have these gay characters, and that's great, and then you have them become victims in the movie, and you know. With horror in particular, it becomes this very, very kind of like broad toss of like, well, you know, most of the characters in a horror movie are going to die. So that is sort of just part and parcel. But then at the same time, you know, it's it's this it's it's up there with like um, like slash fiction. And in terms of the reason there's so much slash is because there is so little representation of non-straight relationships that people are fiending for those things and they start just pairing up and shipping characters yeah and and looking for any morsel of what could be a coded message somewhere um but they're like oh they're, they're, they're clearly gay see they look at it's, each other Did it's you see the it? thing with um in the star trek group that we're all that you and i are both part of in on the facebook um them shipping uh dr bashir and Garrick. And Garrick, sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, because it, did that ever happen in the series? No, but that's the point, is that, yeah, yeah, they have, you literally have to create it because it's never there. Exactly. And like, I made, yeah. I made light of it in last week's episode when I was talking about it, like that, um, it was like clearly a joke that somebody was making on Twitter of like, oh, well, uh, Michael Myers is homophobic because he killed the gay couple. Um, well, he kills everybody. But to your point, like if, the only representation you're getting in this thing is somebody who's just getting murdered. That kind of sucks. And it yep. ties back yeah. together with what MC was saying too, where it's like, Hey, we get a badass black character and then she gets fucking off. The only other people of color also get off. And that's yep. not, I didn't even, again, maybe it's because I read the books. Maybe it's because I watched the movies before it didn't dawn on me. I didn't see this at all. And honestly, I think that that's a big point too, is that a lot of people, will defend the media because they're like, well, I love this thing and I read this and I didn't see it. Yeah. I'm seeing it now. I still love these things, but like, these are valid points. And I think that that should be, and I'm not saying that like, oh, my perspective is the best and all people should follow it. But at the same time, like maybe this is something that we should all be listening to. Well, I, this is, this is a great example of like, this is why it's important to have people not like you in your friend circle. 
because yeah. there are going to be things that you're going to miss. There are cultural things yeah. that are very obvious to other people that will go right over your head. Um, and yeah, like, you know, with, uh, um, is it, uh, Jamis? It, it's the, Jamis, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah, at the end. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the darkest skin character and and there are other I, I, if our if memory serves there are other black men in the fremen in that group but yes. they don't have lines they're just there they're just there yeah and he's the only one who actually like moves the plot has lines has a has a name serves a purpose and is also set up earlier to be like the potential uh mentor to paul going forward um and at least at least like well like the, that's what the vision tells him he's like here yeah. basically he's in, and, and like you know that's how they get the, the revelation is like this is the, this is a person who's going to teach you a lesson a very important lesson going forward and then you know paul decides he's going to subvert the 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 prophecy and the vision he's like okay well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let him kill me i'm going to kill him and that you know not remembering the fact that they say well to, to take another life is to take your own so by killing someone else, you're killing yourself. So fuck you. You're still part of the prophecy. Um, sucks but to yeah, be you, no, nerd. that's say again. <laughs> it sucks to be you, nerd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, nice try, motherfucker. Um, yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, and like Denis Villeneuve is a, you know, to the best of my knowledge, is a white man. Um, and you know, again, this is just shit that is going to go over people's heads, including my own, until it's pointed out. Um, so yeah, representation is really fucking important, and yeah. you gotta have more and more people covered more and more. Um, I I think there's, there's, there's also a much broader conversation about the movie. Um, and a, a you know, a, a friend of mine, and, and a, a a uh, friend of ours um, was talking about it on on Facebook, and I've seen it talked about across the board. Um, and it's the idea that Dune is a white savior story. Yeah, and I think that that is. I don't think that that is an invalid critique. I think that that is a worthwhile take on it. I do think that that is a very surface level criticism. And I think that I think that that definitely holds up if you're watching just this movie. Um, even then, I do think it's it's still a little like there's more going on here, and there are nuances that Villeneuve does a really good job of capturing, but they are nuances, and so because of that, they're easy to miss or easy to dismiss. Um, like in a white savior story the white person is usually not just welcomed in the culture, but is, um, use it, it uses their position to like, to save the said culture, to like act in a positive manner going forward. And one of the ways we see this depicted in Paul's visions is when him and, um, is it Chandi or what's, what's, uh, Chani, 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 um, when they're on the ship over Caladan and the Fremen are all over, are all, all on the beaches and they're all super hyped and Paul's looking down, he does not look happy about anything that's going on. 
And I suppose you can make an argument. It's like, well, you know, he's just he's fucking emo teenager kid. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's still lost all of his family. So no matter what happens, it's still going to be sad. Um, but knowing what I know and Mike, knowing what you know about what's coming in the story. Yeah. Uh, which again, we can't say too much without giving some big things away. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to note that this that this is not the first of of the second one coming is not a sequel. It is the continuation of the story. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's a of the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's a there's a, a, a subtle difference between part one and part two versus like Terminator and Terminator Two. Like those are two separate, complete stories. Um, yeah. This is the beginning of two parts. Um, yeah. I think it said it in there too. The yeah. opening sequence had it like yeah. in very small text. Part one of part two. one. Yes, sir. Um, the he he says it in this movie, if I remember correctly. What when they're in when him and Jessica when uh, Paul and Jessica are in the tent, and he's basically tripping balls on the spice, and he's like seeing all the visions. He's like they want to make this into a holy war. Like, I think those are his exact words. Uh, oh, I mean, I, 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 if memory serves, um, I, I remember reading about this, not having read the book, but yeah. the, the term is jihad that they use in the book. It is 100%, yes. And they yeah. obviously were like, we're not going to say that word because that's going to have very, very specific connotations in this culture um, and this climate. <laughs> um yeah, but I mean, say, like, let's not say jihad in a desert movie. That's a really good idea. Well, I mean, like, the it, it's it's also you know there are certain things you just can't shy away from, and then they don't yeah. they don't try to like the fact that when the Baron is healing himself, he's in a giant tub of oil. Like, Caught there's yeah. there's you know like it's 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 one of those things that is very on the nose, but also like, but yeah, that's what this is about. You don't fuck with the Middle East, like. This is a story about imperialism, and in the Hark and uh, the Harkonnens, you have like, you have the malevolent imperialists who are just like, no, we're being very clear about what we're here for. We are here to steal your natural resources and fuck you, and that's that. And then you have the Atreides who are like benevolent imperialists, but they're still imperialists. Yeah, they're still here to serve the emperor, and that means harvesting a natural resource against the will of the people. Hey, but we're going to work with you. Yeah, like, you know, a benevolent fascist is still a fascist. Like, you're, you know, thanks, Leto. You're not being as big a dick as they were. Hey, thanks um, for not murdering us. But, appreciate, you know... Appreciate the lack of genocide this time. Yeah. You guys are all right. <laughs> we're going to let you have all of your little caves and things. And he doesn't even say we won't harm you. We, we will do all we can to avoid her any problems like yeah. but not actually avoid it. i mean you, you know you could just leave and there'd be no problems at all yeah there's that um and but like you know what about the prop but what about the prophet rambo what, what about, about the prophet? The prophet? <laughs> well like and and herbert has said that the the uh frank herbert the the author of the book has yeah. said that the story it's is really about the danger of following charismatic leaders. And the, you know, ultimately that, you know, getting, going back to like the dangers of religion and the dangers of, yeah. you know, following 
people that you don't really know who are going to be working toward their own ends. Um, and it's, you know, the movie, the movie doesn't end on an up note, but the movie ends on a, um, an appreciation versus appropriation moment where Paul is essentially sort of explaining to his mom, like, no, 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 we're staying here. Like they're, dad wanted to come here we're here this is what i'm supposed to be doing i'm supposed to be here with these people and so that is that it, it, it definitely reads as like to me at least as i am going to integrate within this culture but there are you know and like jessica's is like we need to get the fuck out of here because we shouldn't have been here to begin with um this is all really bad and <laughs> we gotta yeah. go um so it's it's interesting to to see um, the short version of everything I've been saying is like a white savior story ends with the white savior, you know, quote unquote, saving the savage peoples. And that's not how this story is going to go. Yeah, because one of the things I did read of this when I was uh, kind of doing some background stuff afterwards was that the stood that the story the overall story is supposed to be a subversion of like the white savior narrative yeah there's a there's a great video uh that i watched uh about 20 minutes long talking about this exact thing um and about like uh, just again just about the dangers of like following a charismatic leader and a teenager no less like paul is supposed to be 15 so yeah. You know, he's a fucking kid, and they're like, oh, you're the Messiah. And he's like, fucking what? <laughs> like, well, uh, no, even, I'm, I'm just a dude. <laughs> and even in that, too, let's, let's talk about that for just a second, too. The, the the Fremen see him as this, right? And you hear their own, like, um, at one point, Liette says something about it, where when he puts on the still suit, still she was like, oh, you put it on perfectly. And, like... You know, yeah. like says something in the Fremen language. Something what they're like, missing is, is that your, like he'll know your ways without being of your ways or something along those lines. Yeah. But what we're missing here is the fact that this was all the plan. That like they literally like genetically altered the course of history. And I can't I'm trying to remember the damn name of the group. And I just the blanked on it. Yeah, the Bene Gesserit have been doing this shit for centuries, trying yeah. to trying to build a. They're eugenicists. Yes. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're literally doing, like, hey, remember the villain from Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan? Yeah, uh, eugenics. Mm -hmm. That was the big thing. They were like, eugenics is bad and wrong, and they these motherfuckers have been doing it for centuries, trying to craft this perfect person. That thing and, that the Nazis were doing. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And, and like big fascists are really into is like the power of the genes. You're like, yeah. fucking what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Paul never knew until all of a sudden, hey, by the way, we got a bunch of shit that you got to do. What? Wait, hang on. Back up. <laughs> what the fuck did you make me? Like he even yelled at her like that. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I've never seen him in anything before. Because I, I'm not up with movies like I used to be, but like fucking Timothy Chalamet, that dude has got some chops. And that scene in that tent when he fucking rips his mother, like, like what the fuck did you make me? Was like insane. That was such mm -hmm. an yeah. intense scene. And it was so well acted. Like, I, I'm, I'm yeah. very impressed with him. Yeah, no, like, like 
like he he was really captivating. I I I, I literally knew nothing about him prior to seeing this. Yeah. I don't think I've seen him in in anything else. Um, but yeah, like I, I really enjoyed his performance, especially in that scene you were just you were just talking about there. Yeah, he just he absolutely killed it in that scene. The um, scene when he's in the uh, when he's in his room looking at the, uh, uh, the I can't remember what they call like the film books or whatever they're called. Um, yeah, I think that's what they called them too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And the hunter seeker comes in and he steps inside the hologram. Like, yeah. he went from being like, you know, okay, he's got some screen presence and you know he's good to like, oh, he looks like dangerous right now. Like he. That's really fucking cool. Like he, he he instantly went to like to this very like commanding uh, presence of like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck this thing up. And I was like, oh shit, look at you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I I was really impressed with it. And the more I talked about it um, uh, with different folks, the more I really appreciated it. Um, and. What is really impressive about this this movie is the degree to which um, they're able to include so much of the background of things in very subtle ways, uh, and there's still so much that's not there. Like we haven't even seen so 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 MC like. You being the newest to it, what is your take on this? Like, what's the, do you remember what the spice is used for? Um, if I remember correctly, there was a there was a line in there where like, is like they use it for like travel, right? Or yeah, yeah. So like in 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 Star Wars, um, when they're doing hyperspace jumps, it's a computer that does it. Um, you have you know you have a fart uh, like artificial intelligence inside your ship that computes all of the, 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 like the, the, the specific passage between places. So you don't like, you know, and the con says so in, in, in episode four, where he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to make sure that we're set up. So we don't like run through a fucking meteor or something and blow a hole in the ship. <laughs> um, and that is, a, and, and it is, that is similar to what they do in Dune, but in Dune, it's not a computer. Because, I mean, and this is a thing that they do not go into in the movie at all because you just fucking can't do it. But in Dune, they don't use computers. There are no computers of any kind. Um, because of, like, some crazy fucking war, like, like Battlestar Galactica-style war between, like, artificial intelligence and mankind and how the AI almost like wiped out mankind. And so they were just like, fuck this, we're getting rid of it. And so even as they have advanced, they have been sure to like, not have like computerized, like not have network computers, not have artificial intelligence in the degree that they did before. Um, so in order to be able to plot these, these navigations, uh, through space, they have to have people doing it or people of a sort. Um, and Mike, I, it, I, I might be wrong about this, but like the things that do the computations are human on like a genetic level, but that's really it, right? Like there are these weird fucked up like giant brain things. Yeah, it's a guild navigator. It's like, uh, shit, it... <laughs> It's fucking don't. creepy and weird as shit. Yeah. 
what it is is like in the series like they use these things like they're, they're called the Holtzman. So the Holtzman are like the race of things that they basically can like fold space and they're thereby travel great distances across the universe instantaneously as I read this from the fucking wiki because I can't even remember how fucking complex this shit is. It's, yeah, it's really fucking involved. Yeah, but basically it's like they they need spice in order to do it because ultimately spice, as I mentioned before when I was talking about uh, Paul, it basically makes you trip balls. It's basically like being on shrooms, and that's how you get from one spot to another through space is using these navigators because these navigators are just high as fuck. Like it's, I don't know how else to describe it other than that, but like basically, like that's part of the reason why the prophecy with Paul um, is that he can exist in more than one place at the same time. Basically, he can traverse space and time. Is what he's what they they're hoping to get from him. Um, you know, you'll have to watch the next one in order to find out if he's able to do that. But like, it's, um, it's some shit. It's, it's very, very interesting. Um, but it's also very complex. You, and you, you get little, little teases and little hints of this stuff with like the Harkonnens and how they all seem to function, like, and how the Baron can like fly and shit. Um, and how he's like this weird giant monster of a man. Um, but also like, there's that shot they have of when, uh, I can't remember her actual title, but Mother Superior of the Bene Gesserit, when she comes and is talking to the Baron, um, and there's that weird spider thing on the ground. Like, if you look close, you can see it has, like, human hands on it, on the ends of it. So this is a, cre like, this is not an, a, a thing that naturally occurs. This is a little tiny like nugget hint of like they made that and that's just a thing they have as a pet so what else are they making because yeah. there's a whole thing about like how there's like a whole subset of of i, I can't remember if it's the harkonnens or not but there um there's a whole group of people who are just geneticists and all they do is just fuck with genes and like try it's to like it's not the Harkonnens, I can tell you that for a fact, because it it's has a play, play Lau or some shit like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's even knowing how much was left out um, just through like cultural stuff, um, the amount that Villeneuve was able to put in and keep in is really fucking impressive. Um, particularly when you, when you come off of something like Lynch's Dune, um, which like, honestly, for, for its flaws, and there are, there are plenty of flaws, it's still pretty damn good in terms of an adaptation. Like, yeah. considering, I was going to say, I, I want, I definitely wanted to ask you guys about that. Like how this compared to the previous adaptations, you know, the, the 1984 film and then the 2000s miniseries. So the people that shit on the the 80s movie like i still don't understand why they do that like everybody's like oh it was an abomination david lynch like disavows it okay cool it was still the best version of dune we had at the time because there was fucking nothing else like it was it was weird it was trippy but there's a lot of cool things in it and david lynch is a really like gifted director he's got vision like that and and 
people can say whatever they want about it. Like, you know, like it, don't like it. I don't give a shit. But like the guy has a very creative mind. It's dark in a lot of places. And you can see that from some of his other projects that he's done. But like when he's when he, he's very like Burton-esque in a way, in the sense that like his view of the world and his view of how things should be is a little darker than others. But I think that that makes for some interesting shit. Um, that one was okay. It wasn't like super true to the book, but again, it was still interesting. The, the 2000s sci-fi series, I fucking loved. I thought it was great. Um, in fact, it won a couple of Emmys. So anybody who wants to shit on that and be like, oh, well, this is so much superior. <laughs> yeah, okay, it is because it's also 21 fucking years later. Like, of course it's going to be superior. Like, just... well, And like they got to do a miniseries as opposed to a two-hour movie. Exactly, yeah. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed the shit out of this, though. I thought that this was a great film. Um, I can't wait to see what else they're going to do. And um, if I had to rank them, I mean, fuck, I don't really think, I don't, especially with shit like this, um, I can't yet. I need to see how the second one's going to play out. But like, I, I like them all for various different reasons. Um, I haven't watched the 80s one in fucking forever. Um, I might need to go back and watch that. I don't know how well that's aged. Um, <laughs> but I guess I'm going to find out. So, <laughs> I mean, me and Katie watched it like a year or two ago. And yeah. we went into it being like, this is going to be a fucking mess. And we both came out the other end like, actually, that was pretty cool. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 kind of goofy and weird in places, but it's all yeah. one. It's a David Lynch movie. And yeah. two, um, I mean, I'll say unequivocally, it is my favorite of his movies. Um, now, that is kind of damning praise in that I am not really a David Lynch fan. I don't know. Man. Um, I, I really, really, really like uh, The Elephant Man. I've never seen it. Uh, I've never seen that. I've I've seen Blue Velvet. I've seen the first couple episodes of Twin Peaks. Fucking Blue um, Velvet is is trippy as shit. It is. It's <laughs> fucking weird. That's a fucking um, movie. That's that's the best way to describe it. That is, that's a fucking movie. Yeah. It's funny. Like I really enjoy the opening scene of Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. But the rest of the movie, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. This is. No, <laughs> it's not for me. It's it's, it's it, it is the most coherent uh, um, in terms of like it's him making a much more sort of straightforward. This is the narrative. This is what the story means. Um, my biggest problem with Lynch is the same problem I have with when Grant Morrison, who is one of my favorite writers, um, when he's not doing things the way I think he he works best, when he starts. When it's clear that he's been taking like mescaline or something in writing, um, and all the subtext becomes text, and it's like you're writing for the weird shit as opposed to letting the background just sort of be there, and um, and letting the, those themes come through naturally. Um, you're like, no, 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 see, that's that's what we're focused on. Like, all right, cool, man, it just. Uh, fucking whatever. Um, <laughs> I give up. Yeah. Like, I, I, no, I get it. I get it. See? Yeah. No, 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 no I understand. Just fucking stop. Like, <laughs> Do you? It's a bad impact. No, okay. Yes. I got it. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because it doesn't become so on the nose. It, it Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it kind of becomes similar, but on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like, I understand the story you're trying to tell. I do not think it's effectively being done, not because it's so obvious, but because the way you're telling the story is obfuscating the actual story itself. Like you're, 
you're throwing up all these weird, like all this weird symbolism and and representation of things, and it's just sort of getting in the way of the narrative. And it just seems like it's weird to be weird um, when you could just as effectively, I think, tell a story and have it be more straightforward and be more effective. Um, but hey. Again, it's the same thing that, that Burton gets accused of, too. Weird for being weird. Which, again, you know, that's your thing. Hey, fucking great. Whatever. But yeah, like, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. I mean, so Dune. Um, if you haven't seen it and you listen to all this and we spoil the shit out of it for you, um, go see it. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a fucking great flick. I enjoyed the shit out of it. It's worth seeing in the theaters. Um from somebody who didn't see it in the theaters. Because if it looked that good on my laptop screen, I can only imagine what it looks like in the theaters. And I, I, it's gotta be super captivating. So um, I would highly recommend going and see it in the theaters if you're comfortable. But if not, it's on HBO Max. So you still have that outlet. And again, I didn't lose anything with this. I do wanna point this out though. One of the things that I really like about being able to watch a movie on my laptop is one, headphones. Two, if I need to rewind a scene, I can. Three, Closed captioning. Um, I just like closed captioning because I can sometimes pick up on things that they're saying that I might have missed. That like yeah. maybe got muddled for whatever reason or if somebody was chomping their fucking popcorn really loud. Whatever it is, I like having closed captioning. And I know that this is something that they're doing a lot more um, frequently. Is this right, Rambo? The, and we'll talk about this little beast piece and then we'll get into our, our second episode. Um, there was something that AMC just announced about captions with movies. AMC is doing um, regular uh, screenings with open captions. Open. Closed captions okay. are the captions that you can turn on or off. Um, in in when you go to the movies now, you can there are uh, a couple different devices um, that different places will have where you can get a caption like reader basically uh, that as as the film plays, it sends a signal to the little these little boxes that you can take with you to your seat that will run captions for the film. Um, open captions are the captions that are just on screen the whole time. And up until recently, um, what would happen is now. Now, there's an important thing that a lot of people don't know, is and and it's. Sometimes the studio just doesn't send you versions of the movie with the captions. That does happen. Um, but even when they do, it falls to the theater itself to determine whether or not they're going to run that version. And they typically don't run it, mostly because a lot of folks don't like them on screen. Um, I know that the people who do are very passionate about that, and I respect that, and I appreciate it. But I fucking hate captions on movies. Really? Um, it is incredibly distracting to me. It is very frustrating. But what they're doing, so so so, for a while, what would happen is, um, if you were part of you know like a hard of hearing group or um, or a member of that community or something or just somebody who just wanted to have captions on the film, you could reach out to the theater and see about setting up a screening, not an additional charge, but like hey. We're going to, you know, we want to be able to see the movie with captions on. Um, and they might run a screening or two. When I was at the Angelica, we would do it every now and then. The further problem with that, though, is they'd be very sparsely attended almost every time. And that could be any number of things. But anyway, 
right now AMC is is going to start doing regular screenings of uh, of popular films with open captions on. Um, I think at the moment it's like a handful of shows a day or like a handful of times a week. Um, and usually in one of the smaller theaters, uh, because again, this is serving a particular uh, uh, minority group uh, of, of folks um, and they don't necessarily have the buying power that a lot of other people do. Um, I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times that we would sell a ticket to an, an OC show and people would come out angry because they're like, there's words on the screen. You're like, okay, well, that was like the nature of the screening. Like, I'm sorry you didn't take the time to read ahead um, and see what was what. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is great because this is very good for people who want it. Um, we should make things as accessible as possible. And, you know, for people who are hard of hearing, for people who have um, just difficulty understanding things, I, I've gotten more used to seeing things at home because sometimes me and Katie will watch uh, movies with like heavy accents and yeah. she has trouble parsing like a lot of British accents. Um, and so there'll be times we just throw the captions on. Um, but as a general rule, I try to avoid them um, because my ADHD brain is constantly, like if there are captions on, I cannot ignore them. If I'm trying to ignore them, I am consciously deciding I am not going to look at this every time words pop up. And it is very troubling for me. Oh, um, okay. I think it's yeah. Fair. I mean, you come not. Um, I'll just a side note with that too. Like, and and your reasoning for it is 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 perfectly valid. Um, but like for instance, Jax learned how to read because of closed captioning. Like he was he was reading at three because we would turn the closed captioning on. Um, there's a lot of benefits to it. A lot of people who are English as a second language speakers say that they learned how to read and speak English because of Disney movies. Now, that sounds kind of weird. You're like, why Disney movies specifically? Because Disney goes out of their way to make sure that the captions are fucking dead on. Now, this some people might hear this and be like, oh, good for Disney. That's so nice of them. It's so that they can sell more movies. Okay, like, yeah, let's be honest what, here. All, all, the, all their purposes yeah. are for money. Yeah, at the same <laughs> time too, it's a good thing, you know? Um, so there's a lot of benefits to it. And like, I'm not saying I would go specifically to go see movies now because of this, but like, I just, I, like you said, I love that they're making this more accessible. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I am totally down for um, for this and things like this. Um, my hesitance comes when I, I have, uh, I am very blessed to have a wide variety of friends and very often, Whenever this comes up, they go, all movies should have this. And I'm like, fucking stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely not. Not all There's of them. A, like, Some of them. Yeah, you know. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> it, it, would, it would be, for me, it, it's up there with, not, not with, we need to install a ramp for wheelchairs up to this door to this business. So much as we're going to install a wheelchair-specific ramp that you can only use if you have a wheelchair. It's like you've now made it less accessible because you've made you've you've switched the focus from one group of people to another group of people. Like there's there are are specific problems with um, 
uh, photo rec or face recognition technology, where it is programmed usually by light-skinned or white uh, programmers um, to reflect light. And so people who have darker skin aren't, they don't get picked up by it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, same thing with like a, 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 like motion sensors. Is there typically your photo sensors and darker skin doesn't reflect light, it absorbs it. Um, and that needs to be fixed unequivocally. The, the, the example in this case would be instead of it being, well, now we've made it so that it works for everybody. It's now we've made it so it only works on darker skin. It's like, no, you guys, you're missing the point. <laughs> you're, 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 you are not fixing the problem. You are simply shifting the problem from one thing to another. And I know I'm ranting here about fucking captions, but it, <laughs> it's, it bugs me. There's, there's one particular reason it bugs me. And it's that, for years, all I have heard from people when I say I don't like, or 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 not even when I say it, but when someone it comes up, someone doesn't like closed captions, like, oh, what are you a fucking idiot? You can't read, and that's what it always is, every fucking time. Jeez. Oh, it's so hard to. I came to the movies to watch the movie, not to read the movie. Well, first and foremost, yeah, I did come to the movie to watch the movie, not to read the fucking movie. But secondly, it is very interesting to me how there is a certain group of folks who find themselves very liberally minded, super woke, and are super quick to shut down and shit on people who have different kind of neuro, like uh, uh, neurodiversions that cause problems for other people who have neurodiversions. <clears throat> and they're super, super happy to be like, yeah, what are you, some kind of moron? You can't read these subtitles? Like, well, I, I speak the language. I don't want to have to read it. But also, yeah, it, it fucks with my head. Now, if I was talking about how there are flashing lights in certain movies that could cause me to have seizures, and you were like, what are you, an, an idiot? You can't handle flashing lights? No, You'd be fucked up, right? Seizures, yeah. But because it's about captions, I'm supposed to just suck it up. No, I'm 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 done having that conversation. I'm done just being you know being made to feel like I'm lesser because I don't want this thing. Should we have open open captions available to people? One hundred percent. Should they be on every fucking movie? Absolutely not. Please don't do that. Yeah, I mean. I, I I never thought, yeah, it should be on every movie. I, my my thought process was always like, hey, this is cool, you know, this is a good idea. This should be something we do. <clears throat> we should have this uh, again, accessibility. And like, as yeah. somebody who is the the father of a child with autism, like like Jax is autistic, and that causes him issues when it comes to sensory processing stuff. And we've caught shit. We've talked about it before at going to movie theaters, where like sometimes he'll have questions and. I'm like, buddy, we have to be quiet, you know? And like, some people will get really pissed off. And there's, I get it, you know? Not everybody's the same. You know, you come here and you wanna see the movie. Like, they make screenings for 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 uh, autistic people. Like, specifically because it can become a distraction for others. 
that doesn't make this other person who's like, I want to be able to watch this movie without having distractions bad. But at the same time, too, like, as we've said, you know, like when we're not being evil GGR, when we're being regular GGR, you know, don't be a juice <laughs> bag about it. Like, just try to yeah. understand. Like, especially, too, because, like, very rarely do any of us walk into a movie theater expecting the world to just bow to us and be like, oh, he's autistic. Well, wonderful. Go ahead and just talk throughout the entire movie and talk about your feelings. <laughs> no, like, nobody, we don't expect that. I don't expect that. And, like, he knows that, like, not everybody is going to understand that because that's not the way the world works. It's just, like, it's... <clears throat> It's frustrating across yeah. the board. Like, yeah, both sides I, I mean, of it make it difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I mean, it's really just as simple as just options. You know, yeah. giving giving folks options. And, and honestly, I would say, treat just treat movies the same way they do whenever anime films get released here. There are people who only want to watch it in subtitled. Cool. Here are your times to watch it in only subtitles. There are people who only want to hear it in English. Cool. Here all the times it's playing in English. No harm, no foul. If there's a specific way you want to watch this movie, you have options. You have the option to go to this theater at you know at these times and see it the way that you want to see it. Just yeah. that simple. Yeah. I mean it's it really is. Like give people options, give people accessibility, like because that's not a bad thing. Um I think it's a great, great point to kind of end this on. Um Big thanks to all you out there who are listening. We appreciate you. As always, we love you. Uh, thanks for sharing the podcast and the website. Um, we've got more coming up. We're going to play a little bit of a nostalgia game here for episode two, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, for James Rambo, for MC Brooks, for all of us here at the Great Geek Refuge, thank you. Be safe. Uh, enjoy your upcoming holidays, and remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!